Want ideas to grow your ministry and engage your supporters? Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. And here's your host, David Allen. Hello, friends. In our previous episodes 9 and 16, we talked about the elephant in the room, Christian ministry teams that are experiencing internal conflict. Many of you sent us your stories and requests for more tips on how to move through organizational anxiety and conflict and towards a healthier team engagement and a flourishing ministry. Again, we have organizational coach Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting on the line to give us his insights on managing team conflict and anxiety in a healthier way so that you can more fully live out God's call to love Him and to love each other. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, David. In my last podcast, I uh, talked about the five ways in which anxiety can destroy uh, and really hamper your ministry, whether it's a mission organization or a church. And what I want to do today in this podcast is to go in a little more, bit more depth on the uh, the first way in which uh, anxiety manifests itself in systems and really is destructive in terms of building healthy relationships, and that's triangulation. What triangulation is, is talking about people rather than to people. So if you and I have an issue, um, I, and I'm going to triangulate, I'm not going to talk to you directly. I'm going to talk to somebody else about it. And the reason I do that is because I have no way of controlling your response or your reaction. And really what I'm doing when I triangulate is I want to find somebody who will agree with me that you are the problem and that I have been hurt and that what you owe me is a deep apology. Now, there's a couple of problems with that. First of all, we're called to love God and to love each other. So if there's something that you're doing that's really damaging in the context of relationship, how am I loving you by not talking to you about it and talking with you about it? Who am I loving more if I talk to somebody else about you? I mean, when you strip away the veneer, really... I'm loving myself more because really, at that point, as much as I might think I care about you, I'm caring more about me because it's easier for me if I'm talking to somebody else about you and I can get them to agree. It's safer. It's more comfortable for me. But I have to put aside myself and my own kind of anxiety if I'm going to sit down with you and talk about the things that you know, are coming between us in the context of our relationship. So that's one of the problems. Another one of the problems is that, you know, if I'm talking to somebody else about you, the real issues never get addressed. Think of, think of it like a two-legged stool. A, a three-person relationship is the most stable relationship there is. But a two-person relationship is relatively unstable because the minute conflict comes into that relationship, it creates anxiety. Think of it as a two-legged stool. How relaxing is it to sit on a two-legged stool? You're always wondering when the stool is going to tip over. But the minute you add a third leg to that stool, suddenly you can just relax and you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to fall off the stool or whether it's going to tip over. When we triangulate, the other thing we do is we create an odd one-out dynamic. So it becomes two against one. And sometimes we'll even spiritualize it. Well, you know, if two of us agree, Scripture says that, you know, it must be right. (laughs) And what in reality happens is that you have an unhealthy alliance that forms. 
two against one. Probably the person that I've been talking to has had no idea that there was an issue between us, but now I have brought them into the problem, and I have transferred my anxiety onto them. And there's a good chance that what they're going to do is they're going to then go and talk to somebody else and say, do you know what's going on between Ken and this other person? And nothing has been solved. So what's, what's a more godly way to respond rather than triangulating that would build a healthier kind of dynamic and relationship? I'm not saying it wouldn't be more potentially more messy or less messy, but it would be healthier. I think Scripture calls us in Matthew 18 to speak directly to the person we've got an issue with. Now, the context there is if somebody sins against you. Well, maybe somebody hasn't sinned. Maybe you haven't sinned against me, but maybe you've done something that hurts me. I think the same principle applies, is that God's call to me and what it means for me to love you is to talk to you directly. Now, I have no control over how you're going to respond, so I have to be willing to walk into that place and risk that maybe you're going to get mad at me and say, Ken, you're crazy, you're off base, you don't know what you're talking about. The other thing I have to be open to is that if I'm prepared to challenge you on how you impact me in relationships, implicitly what I'm giving you is the permission to do the same with me. Now, sometimes I'm not, I'm not so sure that I want you to do that, but here's the flip side. If I'm committed to grow as a disciple of Jesus to figure out what it means to love other people and love God more effectively, then I have to recognize that sometimes I'm going to do things that hurt other people, not necessarily because I want to, but I have blind spots. And so if you have, if I do something to you and you never come to me and talk to me about it, how will I ever know and how do I ever have the potential of changing um, the way in which I relate with you and probably with others um, if nobody comes to talk to me about it. Now, when you come and tell me, say, Ken, when you do this, this hurts me, then I have a decision to make. Am I going to, first of all, hear what you're saying and take it as you know truth, whether or not I'm aware of it or not? And then secondly, am I prepared to wrestle with um, changing the way in which I function in the context of relationships? One of the things you should assume about people who will come to you to triangulate and here's where you can have a positive influence if somebody comes to you and they're talking to you about somebody else the best way to cut it off is to say you know what i can't do anything about that what you need to do is you need to go and talk to that person directly when are you going to do that and i'm going to check back with you and i'm going to hold you accountable to do that now if you're afraid to go alone i'm prepared to go with you but you're going to be the person who's doing the talking i'm not going to say anything I'm not going to say anything. Here's what you should assume about that person that's come to you to talk about about somebody else to you. They will do the same thing about you to somebody else. The more anxious uh, an organization, a church, or a ministry is, the more people will triangulate and the more they will talk about people rather than directly to them. The best thing we can do is nip it in the bud, cut off the triangulation, when we're tempted to do it, but when other people try to drag us into a situation that really we're not involved in and we shouldn't be involved in, when we do that, that's part of what it means to love other people the way Jesus intended it to. And the more you start cutting off triangulation, those people who are prone to triangulate 
will, will stop coming to you because they know what your response is going to be. They're coming to you for a reason. And when you no longer play their game, they'll try to play that game with somebody else. Now, the challenge for us is that it happens so often, and I've worked with so many churches and so many Christian organizations, and I'll tell you, I've never met one where triangulation wasn't a significant issue. It just feels so normal, and so we've never thought about, okay, is this really what it means to love each other? Is this what it means to love God in the context of this community of people? (laughs) But just because it feels normal doesn't mean it is normal or that it's right. In my next podcast, I'm going to go into more depth into the second of the five ways in which anxiety destroys ministry and Christian community. That was Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting. You can get the links to Ken's diagnostic survey for ministry teams and congregations and his resources through our show notes at qtforcm.org. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receipting and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qtforcm.org. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy.